and your son is in a uh, uh, coma and, and you've been having people pray and then all of a sudden, you know, um, you know, you, you get a request and, you, and that prayer that you've sent up with others that it just, it was what was needed to, to, to bring the hand of God upon this young man's life. And uh, we're really, really excited about that. And uh, uh, prayerfully, we'll soon see him out of the hospital. We believe God for that, that we will see him out of the hospital. And, of course, we like to say that uh, Ricky will be here on, uh, he'll, he'll be back home on the 10th. Uh, of this month, and then we talked to him on last evening, and he was he was excited about coming home. But then also he was saying that I think they really uh, threw the ringer because of the fact that uh, they, there are seven days, and his days are filled. And uh, when he got back, when he's coming back home, he they also got some things set up for him, and he was saying he need to get some rest, and you know, he's gonna have to get up at four o'clock in the morning. I said, Ricky, sound like a bunch of excuses to me. I said, you just need to go ahead and continue to do what you got to do. Amen. So we're thankful and we're looking forward, hopefully and prayerfully, to see him on Wednesday. And we're excited about that. And we are excited that Chair Deacon has been released from the hospital and the spider did not have full control. Amen. So we're, <laughs> we're thankful and we are grateful. And at this time, also we want to make mention, too, about Esther. Esther still vacationing in Florida. And... Uh, she should be home shortly. Uh, as Sean and I spoke, she can come home early if she wants to. He has no objections at all. <laughs> so, so we're thinking, believing God that they'll uh, come back home safely and be in a part of a, uh, their regular family as well as the church family. So we're thankful and we're grateful. Uh, at this time, I guess we're going to prepare and we're going to uh, get ready to go uh, into our word uh, because. God has something to say to us this morning, and we want to uh, hear what the Spirit has to say. Um, audio, video, five, four, three, two, one, and we are live. This morning, we would like to invite your attention to the book of St. Mark. We want to begin in the book of St. Mark this morning. Um, it's, it's ironic when, when you have prepared something for such a, a, um, a long time and God decides that he's going to change it. So this is what happened to me. Uh, I had prepared something else for about a week and a half, and a couple of days ago the Lord just kind of just nicely changed it. So we have to follow what the Spirit has to say. Amen. And we're going to ask that you will go to the book of St. Mark, uh, the ninth chapter is where we're going to begin. St. Mark, the ninth chapter, is where we're going to begin. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you uh, for allowing us to come uh, once again together to uh, hear your word, to hear what the Spirit has to say. Now, we ask, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that, Father God, that you allow me to decrease. And we pray, Father God, that the teacher, who is the Holy Spirit, he will come and he will teach us all things, God, and Lord God, we ask now in the name of Jesus that so we know, Father God, that your people are going through and there are some situations and circumstances that the body of Christ is facing. So, Father God, we pray now in Jesus' name that the word that you have given unto us and the words that have been changed, that, Lord God, it will be um, refreshing uh, to the body of Christ. And, Lord God, we pray we cast out every, every uh, demonic spirit, every foul and evil spirit. We send it back to the pits of hell. 
and we stand firmly on the word of God. And Father God, we thank you for it right now. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, St. Mark chapter number 9 is where we want to begin. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 14. The title of our message this morning is, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. Uh, beginning at St. Mark chapter number 9, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 14. Verse 14 says, And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes were questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, was greatly amazed, and they were running to him to salute him. We find that uh, uh, prior to this, uh, the disciples who are learners, they were there with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. You would think that, that coming off such an, uh, 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 an amazing event where they saw Christ being transformed in, in his, in his uh, um, uh, normal habitat, his spiritual man, that, that when they came back down off the mountain, that they would have felt like that they could do anything because they had been with Jesus and they had saw something and had witnessed something that mankind had never ever witnessed. But when they came back, they, Jesus was not with them at this point. So what happens here, when they came back, they were being questioned by what the Word of God calls scribes. Now, scribes are the doctors of the law and they are skillful learners and they were being questioned why they could not perform the task that had been set before them now you know the scribes is like our religious system today you know when we think about the things that we ought to be doing or things that that comes our way and we seem to not have any power over it but yet there's something going on there the reason why we don't see the results that we're looking for so the, the scribes here, these, these religious learners or religious uh, uh, sect, they were questioning the disciples. And then when the people saw Jesus, which is the power and the wisdom of God, they began to run to him. They saluted him. They acknowledged him. Now, verse number uh, 16 says, And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? Now, isn't it not amazing that Jesus, he didn't go to his disciples at that point to rescue them, but he turns to the scribes and he began to conversate with them and he wanted to know, why are you questioning my disciples? You know, a lot of times what happens is, a lot of times people like to question the body of Christ. They, 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 they like to question uh, 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 the leaders uh, uh, that's in the body of Christ. Or they like to question to see if you really know what you know. Amen. So what Jesus did was, Jesus turned to those scribes, those learners, and he began to question them. He said, why are you questioning my disciples? Well, what? In other words, he was saying, what is your problem? See, he did not address his disciples, those learners, but he did address that religious sect. Now, they did not even respond when he questioned them. Okay? See, when, you, when, when we're in a situation when, when the enemy comes up against us and wants to question our validity or who we are in God, you know, when, 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 when Christ steps right up to them, 
they become sour. Now, let's look at verse number 17 and see who really answers the question. Now, verse 17 says, And one of the what? The multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Now, while he's questioning the, the scribes, the, those that say they know the law, they could not answer what he was saying to them. But the one that had brought their son, that he was the one that began to respond to Christ. He says to him, he said, I brought him to thee. But he didn't bring him to Jesus, he brought him to his disciples. So we as being his disciples, we also represent the Christ. But he says, I brought my son. I brought my son unto thee, which has a dumb spirit. Now, I found this very interesting. I mean, I, I saw something there that I guess the Lord wanted to reveal to me, especially when we talked about, Lord, help my unbelief. We've got to look at why things was going on in, this, in the father's life and in the son's life. The first thing we've got to understand, he says, I brought my son unto thee, which had a dumb spirit. Now, when we look at the word son, we've, we recognize the fact that the son is the builder of the family name. The son is the builder of the family name. So when we look at the fact that he's a builder of a family name, so it must have been something about that name. The reason why that, 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 that demonic spirit wanted to silence the son. Because see, he was the builder. He, he, he's the builder, when you look at it in, in the Greek interpretation, he is the builder of the family name. So what is it about the name that caused such an uproar with these people? Okay? Now, let's go to St. John chapter number 14, because we want to look at this name. John uh, chapter number 14. St. John chapter number 14. St. John chapter number 14. We also want to make sure we hold our place uh, because eventually we will be back to St. Mark chapter number 9. But right now we want to go to St. John chapter number 14. Talking about this name, the name, because he says the word son there is a builder of the family name. See, there's a physical name, a physical name that applies to the family, but then there's that spiritual name. So we want to talk about that spiritual name because that's really what's going on. Now, St. John chapter number 14, looking at verse number 12. Verse 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the what? The works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Then verse 13 says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my what? My name. So he wanted to, the Spirit wants to silence the Son who is the builder of the family name because he knew that whatever he asked in, in Jesus' name, he said, That will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name. So the power there is in the name. 
See, once we understand the power of the name of Jesus Christ and whatsoever we ask in his name, the Bible says, that will I do. Jesus will perform what we ask him. Then he goes on to say that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14 says, if ye shall ask, what do you say? Anything in my what? My name. He says, I will do it. So what, what, what the enemy is doing here to the son by giving him that dumb spirit, he's really trying to silence, silence him so he won't be speaking in the name of Jesus. So when we think about it, very few people now are talking about the name of Jesus. Is everybody else's name except the name of Jesus. But what he's trying to do is to silence the name because he knows there's power in the name of Jesus. Lord, help my unbelief. There's power in the name of Jesus. Now, let's go to the book of Acts. Slow down, Brandon. Acts chapter number 4. Let's look at Acts chapter number 4. They're talking about that name. Acts chapter number 4. Talking about the name. Because, see, the son is the builder of the name of Jesus Christ. He's the builder. He's the builder of the name. We, as the body of Christ, we are builders of the name of Christ. You know, uh, now, let's look at Acts chapter number 4, Acts 4, and I want to read some verses here. Verse number 7 is the first verse we want to look at. Verse 7 says, uh, at this particular time, we see that uh, about the priest of Ananias and Sapphira, and it says about the, uh, the priest that they were gathered together at Jerusalem. And, and the many of the people have been grieved because they were preaching about the name of Jesus Christ and him being resurrected from the dead. Now, verse 7 says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, because see, the disciples got a beaten. It says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what, by what name have ye done this? There had been a healing taking place. So now they want to know, what name did you use? What power did you use to cause for this to take place? So he says, well, by what power or by what name have you done this? Now, looking at verse number 12 in uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation, or, and that word salvation means, you know, neither is there any deliverance or protection or, or wholeness or, or that's how, what salvation is. Salvation is not just being saved. Salvation means your protection. Salvation means your deliverance. Salvation means you're being saved. Salvation means your prosperity. Salvation means you've been made whole. Okay? He says, neither is there salvation or deliverance in any other, for there is none other what name under heaven given among men where ye might be saved. So it's about that name. See, so right now, what the enemy is trying to do, he is trying to silence the body of Christ by you not using the name of Jesus Christ. Anything has to do with Jesus, anything has to do with God, they're trying to silence the body of Christ. Anybody else's name is fine, as long as you don't mention the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's what's happening. So we being our builders, our sons of the name of Jesus Christ spiritually, we got to keep on speaking. Because the enemy wants to keep us silent. Amen? Now, let's drop down to verse number 17 and show you how powerful 
the name of Jesus is. I mean, to how powerful it is. Verse 17 says, but that it spread no further. Because, you know, they beat them. You know, they were disciples. It says, but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in what? In this name. You see how powerful the name of Jesus is. That's why the enemy wants to silence the name of Jesus. That's why he wants to keep us dumb and not allow us to speak about the name of Jesus or the power of Jesus. Okay? So he says, so that uh, they can no longer speak no more in this name. Verse 18 says, and they called them, and look what it did. And they commanded them not to speak at all, nor do what? Teach in the name of Jesus. That must mean there's something powerful about the name of Jesus. When, when man will bring you to a point or to a place that it tells you do not teach, nor, nor preach, nor speak about the name of Jesus, that must know you got something, you really carry something really bad. I mean, you, you, you got a loaded gun. Amen. And so, when, think about it. They say, you can't, you, you can't, they, they threaten you, they beat you, and say, I don't want you to teach no more, nor speak about this man called Jesus. So, something now, even now in our society, that, 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 that the world knows that, that the people of God does not know. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. Because he says, whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, he says, I'll give it to you. He didn't say, he didn't, I didn't see anywhere where he talked about stipulations. One text talks about, if ye abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you will. So if we've got God abiding in us and his word, hey, we can ask whatever we will according to his will. And God said he'll grant that. But, but what happened is the body of Christ is being sound. Now you can't say anything, or at least that's what they tell you. You can't say anything about anything when it talks about God's word and what God is against. Amen. In other words, they want to say you wrong and they're right. No, God is right and man is wrong. Amen. So, but then the, the body of Christ has to get to the point where we've got to ask God to help us in our unbelief because a lot of times the body of Christ is afraid to speak truth. The body of Christ is afraid to speak what their father uh, says because they are afraid of the things that will come upon them. But this, we're living in a time where we've got to stand or we're going to be shut up by the enemy. Amen. So God, help my unbelief. Help me to know that God, you're, you're the almighty God. You're the one that rules the universe. That there is nothing impossible with you. That you are my protection. You are my shield. You are my refuge and my strength. That no weapon formed against me. See, it's not a quoting of the word, but it's a believing of the word. Amen. So we've got to believe what God says in his word. Amen. Now let's go back because we want to establish the fact about the name. That there's power in that name. There's power in the name of Jesus. So let's go back to Acts. I'm going to go back to Mark chapter number 9. Let's go back. Now, since we've established about who we are, and why the enemy wants to silence us is because of the power and the wisdom of God. Because that's what Jesus Christ means. The, it is the power and the wisdom of God. See, he wants to silence us on using the name of Jesus. Now, watch what he does. Watch what he says. Now, the Father says in verse number 17, 
he says that he has a dumb spirit. Hmm. He has a dumb spirit. Okay? Dumb. To be dumb is to uh, um, be in a situation where you are powerless or unable to utter. Uh, in other words, to be dumb is to be silent. Spiritually, it's not so much of not being able to vocally speak, but it to be dumb in spirit means to silence. To, the enemy wants to silence us, not to use the name of Jesus Christ. See, here the Father says, he said, listen, he said, he's got a dumb spirit. Isn't it interesting that the Father would know what kind of spirit he had? He was silent. He, he was silent. Now, why was he silent? Let's examine the scripture. Now, verse 18, we said, well, he had a dumb spirit, but let's look at this dumb spirit, okay? Verse number 18 says, he, as he began to talk about, talk to Christ, this is what the Father says to him, verse 18. He says, and wheresoever, what's that next word? He, and the next word is what? Taketh him. Now, when you look at this, when he says, wheresoever he, that means somebody else include, is included in the equation. Wherever he taketh, taketh means uh, he's been possessed by something else. He's been possessed because he says, wheresoever he, not that, not that my, wherever my son wants to go uh, on his free will, but he's talking about he means that is a demonic force there. That's what's oppressing him, and he has this dumb spirit that's silencing him. So first of all, you have to recognize the fact that in that dumb spirit, he has been possessed by a demon. He's possessed. Because he says, wheresoever he taketh him. Then the next thing it says, he tarreth him. He pulls him apart. You know, he, he, he's at a place wherein he rips him apart. And I was like, what you mean, God? He's ripping him apart. And God says, what he's doing, he is to pull something apart means to be pulled away from something. So what was happening was that, this, that's the, the, that demonic force, that spirit, was pulling him away from his, his purpose that God has ordained for his life. See, the enemy did not want him to proclaim the name of Jesus. So when he tears him away from his purpose... When the enemy tears us away from our purpose, he rips us away from our purpose, we cannot do the will of God. Amen? So, so first of all, he wants to possess. Somebody said, well, a Christian can't be possessed. If you've got some open doorways, you can. <laughs> you can if you've got open doorways. If there's sin, active sin in your life, you can be possessed. So once you're possessed, the next thing the enemy wants to do is he wants to pull you away from your purpose. He wants to distract you so you cannot fulfill your role as a son, which is a builder of the name of Jesus Christ. So, so that's what he wants to do. So, so he said, I'm going to tear you away from your purpose. How many people said, well, I, I, I had this dream and I knew what God wanted me to do, do but it seemed like I can't seem to fulfill what God has called or ordained me to do. Seems like I keep getting distracted. Well, that's Satan operating. He is pulling you away from the purpose that God has designed for your life. 
Now, the next thing he says, he says, and he foameth, and he, and he, he gashes with his teeth. Then he says, and he pines away. And, and there he talks about how he, now when he's pining away, means he's been withered up. He, he's, been, he's been consumed. He's, now he is unrecognizable. See, to, to pine something means, it, pining means to be withered. To, 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 to be to a place where um, you don't recognize who you are, nor does anybody else recognize who you are. So, so now he, he's unrecognizable. And the reason why, because he has been possessed by a demon. But the, the father knew that he had been possessed because he says he has a dumb spirit. So the enemy was trying to silence him to keep him from fulfilling his destiny and purpose that God had for his life. So his father tells me, he said, listen, this is what's happening to him. Have you ever decided to go forward in life and go forward in whatever God called for you to do? Seems like you always continue to fail at that. For some reason, you never reach that destination. You never reach that, 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 that latitude that God has for you. It's because you, we have to look at what is operating and what is trying to prevent us from fulfilling God's will in our life. So sometimes we can get withered up. We, we, we see Christians that, that are falling by the wayside. You know, they're, they're withering up. They're, they're, they're drying up. They're, you don't even recognize them anymore. Amen? I mean, the... You know how it is when, thank you, Holy Spirit, when you're getting ready, when you're in the process of backsliding. See, before backsliding takes place, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not sitting in the pew. See, that's the end result of backsliding. Backsliding begins in the heart first. You know, you know how it is you used to be out front, you ran to go, can't wait to, to come and fellowship, to be with God and be with the friends of the, the people of God. All of a sudden, it's, it's, it's not... Uh, um, uh, so important anymore. Uh, uh, if I do, it's okay, and if I don't, okay. That is a sign of backsliding. You're b backsliding in the heart, little bit by little bit. And see, that's how Satan operates. So this is where we're going to say, God, Lord, help my unbelief. What are we saying? Lord, help my unbelief. We will get there. We, we will get there. So many people in the body of Christ are within the way. They're within the way. That that relationship with God is no longer as it ought to be. See, God is not the top priority anymore. And in, in, in today's society, in today's life, God is not number one priority in the lives of people anymore. And the sad part is, I mean, when we get up out of here, He's got to be number one, or else we go end up a different place. Amen. Amen. We we, we got to make sure. That he is number one in, in our life. Hey, come hell or high water, got to serve God. You know, come hell or high water, I have got to serve God. Got to serve him. Now, let's continue to uh, with Mark chapter number 9. And uh, let's look at the latter part of, of verse number 18. Now, he talks about uh, his son. Then he says, I speak to thy disciples, mean the learners. They should, they, uh, that they should cast him out, and they could not. There is something missing in the body of Christ that we cannot do what the scripture said, greater works than these we shall do. So that means there's something missing in the, in the believer's life. Because according to God's word, his word says greater works than these. And we know the miracles that Christ performed. 
He says, greater works than these ye shall do. So here it is. They have just come off the mountain with Jesus, the Mount of Transfiguration. It's like uh, being uh, 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 enlightened or elated and, and you're excited. And, and when they come down, the first task they have, they could not perform. Hmm. That's heavy. Here they say to Jesus, listen, these disciples you got, these learners, I brought them to them, but, but they couldn't do nothing. They couldn't deliver my son. They couldn't deliver. Yeah, they couldn't do it. Now, verse number 19 says, he answered Jesus and said, this is Jesus speaking. He answered him and said, oh, what kind of generation? Faith. Are we there? Mark chapter 9, looking at verse number 19. Jesus answers the man and he says, he answers him and said, oh, what kind of generation? Faithless. So that must mean there's something going on with the faith of the believer. Amen. Because Jesus says, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? And how long shall I suffer you? Then he says, bring him to me. Bring him to me. He says, the generation was faithless. In other words, there was a deficiency in faith. There was a deficiency in their faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, so God is saying, he says, wait a minute. He says, now, when it comes down to, to our faith and our belief, there's some things that has to change. We have to get to a place where we believe in the power of Jesus Christ. So he tells them, he says, this is a faithless generation. Now, verse number 20 says, and they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, he says, straightway the spirit did what? Tears him. And he fell on the ground and he wallowed foaming. In other words, he began, I mean, that's like that rolling on the floor. You know, all that stuff that's going on, you know, he's spewing out. He, see, when, see, when, 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 G, when he came in contact with Jesus, all that mess had to come out. See, that, that all that mess called sin couldn't stay. See, that's why so many people don't like to pick up the book called the Bible, B-I-B-L-E. You know, they don't want to pick it up. Nor do they like to spend time with God or be in the presence of God or spend time with him. It's because there's no way to be able to go in into the presence of God, go into worship, and go in and come out the same way. It's impossible. If you're in true worship, when you go in and you're spending time with God, you're studying God's word, and you're receiving what the Lord says, there's no way you can come out. The if you go in the devil, there's no way you're going to come out of the devil if you're in the presence of God. Because when it comes down to being in the presence of God, God said, I'm a consuming fire. So what is he going to consume? He consumes sin. That is, if you really got in the presence of God. See, you can't get in the presence of God and, you know, and, 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 and the thing now is so wonderful is to either I've got my Bible, but I'm watching television at the same time with the remote, or I'm on Facebook on the computer. So, you know, that's right. You, you, you can't do that. That's no way. Because, see, your attention span has been divided. So, because, see, something, see, the enemy always got something there that's going to catch your attention to get your mind away from the Word of God. That's why God says we have to meditate on His Word day and night. Because, see, when you meditate, that means there's no distractions there. It's between you and God. So, so now the Bible is saying, He says, now look, He says, uh, he, he, he's rolling, he's rolling on the floor. He's, 
He's foaming at the mouth. Them spirits are disturbed because they have come in contact with God. Now, I remember a long, 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 long time ago. And I, most people said, well, them, them women were crazy back then. They had those morning benches and they had you down there at the altar and they prayed. And you go, you may go to a, a, a much older person's home and you ask them to pray. And they really laid a prayer on you. And by the time you left from there, you were too scared to go do some sinning. Because they really poured out some prayers. I mean, it was to the point where the, the, you were very fearful. You know, and, and it was to the point in, in, in that time uh, of our lives, and depends on how, what your age is, that you were afraid to go around the body of Christ and live in a sinful life. Uh, you were just, I mean, you had more respect. Amen. But now it's not that way because there is no fear. And why is there no, it's not so much no more fear of God. There's no more fear of the God that you say you got in you. See, that's what's going on with the body of Christ. We've got to be able to exemplify and, 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 and reveal and allow the, the radiance of God to flow from us. See, the power of God will burn up anything like sin. He'll, he'll, he will burn that up. So, so now the Bible goes on and, and Jesus is talking to, he's talking to, he's talking to the Father once again. And let's look at verse number 21. Verse 21 says, And he asked his father, He said, How long is it ago since this came? Y'all catch that? How long ago, verse number 21, How long is it ago since this came unto him? Which is an indication it hadn't always been there. It said, It came unto him. So in order for it to come into him, that means he had to have been possessed by something else. And then the father said it was as a child of a child. See, that's why a lot of times when we have situations going on in our life as an adulthood, there's something that has happened in our childhood that, that allowed that demonic force to, 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 uh, to rest on the inside of us. And then when we get old, that thing, when we grow, it grows. So, so he says, of a child. He says, this is how long it's been there. In other words, it's been there all this time. It came upon him as a child. That's why in, in, in our day, I don't know what they call it now, but they try to cover it up and give them sweet words. But, you know, and back in the day, there was a lot of incest that went on in, in the families, a lot of incest. And they kind of covered that stuff up. And see, what happened was it affected us in our adulthood as we got on in our life. And we spiritually, things changed. You see, if we were never delivered or that thing was never acknowledged that it happened, we still carry that monster around with us. Amen. You call them those hidden secrets. You know how they used to tell you, don't talk about it. Huh. Sweep it upon the rug, don't say nothing about it. You know, that, that's, that's Uncle Joe or that's Uncle Sam or... That's ain't, ain't, ain't Sally, you know, don't worry about that. Just, you know, just keep it, keep it in the family. Anybody heard that lie, that lie before? Just keep it in the family, you know, so nobody wants to listen. When, when we grow up as an adult, then that secret that we have as, as a child, it, it becomes an a adult demon, and then it comes out in our adulthood. So we got to be very careful, even with young children, how and who we let handle our children. Now, I want a pen right here, and someone sent me this the other day, and, and, I, and I read it. And, and when I read it, I also posted it uh, on Facebook, but I never got any response from it. It was talking about uh, uh, 
now in, 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 in public school, it talks about the homosexuality. It was talking about the things that they were going to do and things that had to be accepted, and it didn't make any difference what the parent thought at all. You know, and I'm like, it says, and, and, and one, one district, it was already happening that they were saying, you know, the, the books and everything, everything is supposed to be acceptable. Everything. Forget about God's word. You know, this has got to be acceptable. And they were saying, you have to watch out for your children, and you've got to know what your children are being taught. But what's happening is, the, 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 what's happening is the body of Christ and the world has accepted some things that God is not pleased with. I'm so amazed. I'm, I, I don't know when it's coming, but I know it's going to come, that when God is going to release some things here upon this earth, just like he did Simon Gomorrah because of, the, because of sin. He wiped out a whole world. He sent the flood because of sin. God doesn't change. Sin stinks in his nostrils. So, so that was a problem there. And I'm like, God, I, I can't believe that we are accepting and we're allowing them to be pouring into our children. And we're saying it's okay because it's the law of the land. No, the word of God is the law of the land. Amen. The word is the law of the land. So we got to be very careful now what we teach or allow what anyone else teach our children. Now, Jesus, as he began going back to the text, he, 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 he gets the acknowledgement that this young man had been that way since he was a child. But I want to show you something else here. In verse number 22, it says, and the father talks about how that demon does the son, the builder. Uh, remember now, he's trying to silence us from releasing the name of Jesus Christ, which is the power and the wisdom of God, so we won't proclaim the name of Jesus, because there's power in the name of Jesus. Now, verse number 22 says, And oft times it, now he calls it an it, huh, and oft times it hath cast him into the fire, because see, fire is consuming, okay? And into the water to do what? What is he trying to do? To destroy him. Huh. But then he says, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. See, the ultimate goal of that demonic spirit is to destroy the body of Christ. To, to destroy the, the, your, our purpose and, and the will of God has for our life. See, it don't care nothing about us. What he wanted to do is, he says, he's, he's, all the time, he's thrown in the fire, he's thrown in the water. But what his ultimate goal is, is to destroy. See, we think demons aren't, aren't anymore. Demons are for real. They are for real. And their ultimate goal is to destroy every believer, everybody, every person in the body of Christ, so we cannot proclaim the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. So what does he do? He says, I want to destroy you. See, and if, if, you got any, if you've been going through anything at all, rest assured there's a spirit, there's a force behind that, and its ultimate goal is to destroy you. Why? It's because you are packing something that it is afraid of. It's, you, you, if, if, if God's people, if God's people only knew the power of Jesus Christ that's on the inside, if they only knew and, and, and recognized the fact that, that that demonic force literally wants to destroy every believer. Listen, we're the only hope for the world. 
the body of Christ is the only hope for the world. The world is dying. The world is falling apart. But if the light goes out, and the light is the body of Christ, I mean, who will shine in the darkness? We are lights that's been set upon the hill. We cannot afford to, to take our light, hide it upon the bush. Why? Because there's somebody out there that needs Jesus. Somebody out there. So we've got to believe. We, we, we think that well, there's nothing, I'm just one person. And there's nothing I can do to reverse or stop what's really going on. Nobody wants to hear. Let me tell you something. You keep saying and speaking in the name of Jesus. Because there's power behind it. When you fully believe, come hell or high water, that demon's got to go. Then what happens is that demon will go. Why? Because the demon knows that you believe it. See, as long as you don't believe it, as long as you think it's too hard. You know, Dr. Manley did an illustration um, Wednesday night. And it didn't come to me until the next day about the illustration that he drew. He drew a circle. He drew a, a circle there in the middle, in the middle of, of, of the floor. There. He drew this big circle. And he talked about all the weeds that was around. But right in the middle was the small seed. And this small seed was Jesus Christ that had to grow up through those weeds. I pondered on that. I pondered on that. I pondered on that. And when I thought about that, I thought about how it talks about this seed, which represents the kingdom, that it's the smallest seed that has been sown. But when it grows up, it's very powerful. It's, it becomes the biggest tree. It's, it's, it's the largest kingdom. And I, I, I pondered so much the Spirit spoke to me. He said, what's wrong with the body of Christ? They see the world bigger than their God. He said, they see the world bigger than their God. He said, and that's the reason why that, that, that the world is, is prevailing in what they're doing because the body of Christ, they think, well, we don't have no power. You serve the powerhouse. I mean, when I think about the one that we serve, I'm talking about the almighty God that, that, that can change darkness into light. I mean, his spirit can move upon the water, and that, that, that water, that darkness, it can change, and, and light comes, that he can speak things into existence, and they come into existence. He can hang the stars in the sky, and they don't fall out. They stay in their socket. He can put a moon there that knows to come up at nighttime, and he can put a sun there that knows to shine in the day. I was oh, my God, look at the God that we serve. Look how powerful the God that we serve. One that rules the entire universe. But we think our God is too small to deal with our issues. Think about it. Think about it. Think about the, the times that when we have backed away from, 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 from Satan and he has just completely taken over and we say we serve God. Think about it. Look at what's happening in our, in our society. Think about it. Look at it. Look at what's really going on. Is there less praying to change things? Or is it less praying or, or, or more believers on their knees praying? 
Think about it. Think, think about it. Is, are there more, more people on their knees in the body of Christ that's crying out to God? So, God, you know, I asked the Lord, and when, when God brought me there, and I began to see him in all his vastness. I mean, the universe. I mean, he's got the universe in his hands. I mean, God calls the shots. And when I began to think about it, I said, wait a minute, God. Then I cried out. I said, God, help my unbelief. Have I uh, place you lower than where you're really supposed to be? I mean, he's supreme. He is supreme. He's supreme. I'll give you an example about me. There was a time when, when, when with Joe Nita, and we just didn't take no medication. But I take medication now. <laughs> but there was a time in our life, I don't care what it was. We didn't take medication. We prayed. We laid hands. And we prayed and we believed God. And by George, I'll never forget one night she had an earache. And Lord, we, we held them arms and we prayed and prayed. And that morning, she had no more earache. It wasn't there anymore. See, our faith has to be in, in our God. I wrote this down. I, I wrote this. From which I'm, I'm, and this will deal with verse number 23. And I want to make sure that I, I read it from the paper. Now, verse 23 from Mark chapter number 9. Because I said, Lord, help my unbelief. It says, Jesus said unto him, because he cries out now. He cries out for asking for compassion. He cries out for help. A lot of times we don't ask God for help and be sincere. See, he, he cries out for help. Jesus says this. Jesus said unto him, which is the power and wisdom of God, If thou what? Canst do what? Believe all things are what? Possible to him that do what? Believe it. And I said, okay, God, help me now uh, with this word, believe. He says, believe, to believe is to have faith. To entrust or commit one's spiritual well-being, turning it over to Christ. Then he says, uh, to believe on the authority of another, not one that will uh, believe in his own personal knowledge. In other words, he says, Brenda, it's like this. You've got to turn it over. You've got to entrust. You've got to commit into someone that's greater than you. In other words, he says, you've got to believe in God, a, a greater authority. What situations or circumstances are you facing today? Well, what is it that you're facing? He says, if you turn it over to another authority, huh, besides our own authority, our own personal knowledge, he says, when you, when you release that, when you believe that, when you let go and let God is a saying that's there, when you do that, because see, he says we've got to have belief and faith or in trust or in commitment in a being that's greater than us. And what's happening, God says, he says, the body of Christ is not releasing what needs to be released to me. He says, they're not releasing it. He said, once you release it to me, he says, I'm the one with the power. You just believe. And then I, said, I, I did like, I did like the, the gentleman in, in the text. And he says in verse number 24, he said, and straightway, so something must have happened there. Verse 24 says, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine, what? Unbelief. So in other words, he says, God says, he had belief and unbelief all at the same time. 
There was belief, he believed, but yet there was some doubt there too. So, but, but the beauty of it, he recognized, even though he said, I believe, he also come back and he said, help my unbelief. He cried out for help. So he, he acknowledged the fact that there was doubt there. So well, whatever situation we're facing, we got to ask God and, and be real with God. God, listen, my faith is not there. And I heard the Lord say, he said, there's a deficiency of faith. He said, we can believe in everything else. He said, but the, the deficiency of faith is in, the, in who I am and what I can do. So I said, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Because he says, sometimes when it comes down to the, to, to, the, to the people of God, we believe one moment, and when things come our way, we forget about that belief and all those words we've said to him, and then next thing you know, we're operating in, in doubt. And so we've got to do like him. Lord, help my unbelief. Cry out, God says. He says, I need my people to cry out to me for whatever the situation they're going through, understanding. I, God says, I know. He says, there's a deficiency in your faith. And because he knows, you see what he did? You see what he did? After the man acknowledged what was wrong with, with his own faith, because he acknowledged he was carrying doubt there as well, but he, but he cried out to God because he cried out to someone greater than he was that could do something about it. So, so then in verse 20, 25 says, And Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the what? The foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and what? And deaf spirit. In other words, Jesus saw something else in him too. See, the only thing that the, that the father saw that he had a dumb spirit. He had been silenced. He had been silenced so he would not carry the name of Jesus Christ. But Jesus also called, says that he's not only dumb, but he's deaf. In other words, he had a hearing impairment. In other words, he couldn't hear what God was saying, so therefore he could not respond nor his disciples on the situation at hand. God said, he's got a hearing impairment too. He said, I've got to deal with the whole man. You know how it is sometimes we just give God part of it? God said, give it all to me. He said, I know your stuff. He said, I know your stuff. He said, I know it. Uh, my devotional says, and, and I shared it with Dr. Man this morning, my devotional said this morning, he says, God has given us um, uh, uh, the, the garment of righteousness. But so many people, when, when they err from, from the way, they throw off the garment of righteousness and walk away from God. But he says what needs to be done is keep on your garment of righteousness and throw off the wrong behavior. Huh. That's what he said. Get rid of the wrong behavior. You ain't got to worry about throwing away the, the garment of righteousness then if you get rid of the behavior. I say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Get rid of the behavior. Keep on your garment of righteousness because God has given us a garment of righteousness. But he says, get rid of the behavior that stains the garment of righteousness. Amen. Amen. Lord, help my unbelief. So now he's he got a hearing impairment. Verse 26 says, and the spirit cried and it don't, it won't, it don't want to come out easy now. Mm -mm. It don't come out easy now. See, Jesus is on the scene. See, when we allow Jesus, the, the power and the wisdom of God to come to the forefront and the devil got to meet Jesus uh, head on, now he, he ain't going to let you go easy. He, he ain't going to do that. Jesus called him out. He said, not only you know, are you trying to silence my son to keep him from proclaiming my name, but he's, you're also trying to keep him from hearing my word. And it's my word 
that he's able to, to follow and do the will uh, of God. Then he says, and the spirit cried out, and he rent him so, and he came out of him. See that? It, 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 it really tore up some stuff before it left. It tore up some stuff before it left, but it left. But it left. And he says, and Jesus commanded he come out of him, and he was worn as dead, insomuch that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and then he arose. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? In verse 29, our last verse, it says, And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but what? Prayer and what? Fasting. So what's really absent from the body of Christ today? A whole lot of prayers not going on. And definitely no fasting. Amen. You know what? Y'all, we know what fasting means. Yeah. But that's not a whole lot going on. So that's why a lot of things are still around. For certain kinds, it said, it can only come out by fasting and praying. Take some quiet time. Feel away. Whatever you're facing, whatever the situation may be, ask God, number one, God help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. And then go into an arena of prayer and fasting. And allow, most of all, allow the God in us to rise to the and it's okay to say, God, help my unbelief. Because a lot of times we, we think we got it all going on, and we wear faces, and we don't want people to know, yeah, I've got some issues, I'm struggling here. God says, take the face off. That's what's wrong with the body of Christ now. Take off the face. Take off the face. Take off the face. Take off the, take off the mask. That's right. Take off the mask. Hey, I need, I need some warriors. That's what the lady said. My son is in a coma. I need some warriors. I need some warriors. And watch what God will do in all of our lives. In situations that's going on in all of our lives. Satan's on a, he's on an all-time attack. He is on an all-time attack. Whether we realize it or not or want to accept it, he's trying to destroy the body of Christ. He's trying to destroy uh, every person that names the name of Jesus that will be a threat to his kingdom. Now, if you're not going through anything, rest assured you're not a threat. Hmm. But when you become a threat to the, to the kingdom of darkness, you can expect a whole lot of attacks. But one thing for sure, recognize you serve a God that's all-powerful. That's nothing too hard for him. You see, he was able to cast the demon out. That's that unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Amen. Lord, help my unbelief. Amen. And we're just thankful and grateful that God has shared his word with us. And we ask that you take that home, take that word with you as you go. And, and begin to ask God, God, what is it that I'm facing? What is it that, that that's around me, that's people around me, friends, family, whatever? What can I do in the process to help others? You know, we've been antagonized. They're just wow. It is really wild. You'd be surprised some of the things that we hear. But 
our job as Christians, we got to get the praise and, and fasting. Amen. And, and believing that the, the one that holds this whole world, this universe in his hand, he's able to handle it. He's able to handle it. He's able. He's able. He's able. 